You're listening to the Designer Journals with Liv. And and I have to say, when I started um, Russos, you know, we were Anna Russos, and you know, I thought it was just going to be me. <laughs> I remember actually saying to my husband George, "Don't worry, just be me. Bit of flexibility, all will be good. Just be working, just in construction, you know." And um, you know, within six months, we had our first employee, and then quite quickly, we had five, and, and now we have eleven. Um, <laughs> Hey guys, welcome to the podcast this week and thank you for tuning in. I hope everyone is having a good couple last couple of weeks leading into Christmas. It is getting very close now. The holidays are just on the other side of the hill. So this week, um, I've had a huge dose of inspo this week uh, with the highlight being the event I went to just the other day, yesterday, with the Committee for Adelaide Emerging Leaders Boardroom Series. So Haim Charlie have sponsored me to participate in this program, which I learned that this uh, boardroom series was a group specifically for the under 30s bracket. So putting us like-minded emerging individuals in the same room, all from different uh, organizations and work, um, industries, but still within the um, property and construction realm. So I think this is awesome because if you're in an organization that isn't super huge, you might not have a group of people around you that are the same age as you. I know for my husband, Kieran, he's been the only one of his kind at many of his workplaces being a young person. Um, and even though age is just a number and it's not something, um, to define yourself by, but there is something different about connecting with people who are on a similar journey to you, which is career growth. So I find that your conversations then become about what you're doing now and looking into the future as opposed to talking about what you have already done. So I think it's just another relatable perspective that quickly gives a sense of belonging, I think, when um, you're in the same room. So The event was a breakfast and they brought in a special guest, Darren Hicks, who is a gold medal winning Paralympian. And it was such an inspiring morning. There's not enough time to go through everything that he's done and what he shared with us at the event. But to sum it up in one line, he, if you haven't heard of him, he was a truck driver involved in a tragic accident on the freeway here in Adelaide back in 2014. And as a result of the accident, he lost his leg. He then went on to become a cycling champ and he rides with one leg. He doesn't use his prosthetic leg. And he's gone on to smash world records and win gold at the Tokyo Paralympics. Just gone. Um, So there was about 30 of us in the room and it was an intimate setup. No one had a mic. We were just chatting to each other in the room with some breakfast and go look up his story and he's got a video of his story up on YouTube as well which I'll link in the show notes so that was my highlight of the week and going from one inspirational icon to another brings me to introducing you to the guest speaker which is Anna Russos so if you're on LinkedIn you'll recognize her face and name that's where I came to know her from Uh, Anna is the founder and director of Russo's Recruitment, a leading agency in Adelaide in the architecture and construction industry. Anna is on the Diversity and Inclusion Committee with Property Councils of Australia, and she ran an event for the 500 Women in Property program, which I have been a participant of this year, and that was on personal branding. So when I found out she was organizing that, I emailed her and told her about my podcast and how I'd love to chat to her. And her brand manager, Maddie, replied to me on Anna's behalf, accepting the invite to catch up. So I went to the event at Russo's um, office and I actually didn't properly chat or introduce myself to Anna there. Um, I tried to, but the night just got away from me. And so I only managed to sort of wave and say hello to her, but I did um, end up chatting to Maddie who I'd been emailing. So from there, we connected and were able to organize a time to make the episode happen. So I'm super happy to bring in this episode. There's so much wisdom and inspiration um, in Anna's story. And while I am a very optimistic person, as I approach people about doing episodes and sending out emails, 
in the back of my head, I always say, well, I don't think they'll accept, but I gave it a shot anyways, just to save myself some heartbreak. So when, when I get a yes and I'm, I was legit so excited and so stoked about it because I guess in my head I'd already written it off just to save myself some disappointment. Um, but you know, it just goes to show that, um, you you don't know until, um, if you don't ask, then you never know kind of thing. So I'll stop talking and get into the episode and I really hope you enjoy it. Please let me know what you think and like and rate and review and let's bring in Anna. Cool. Thank you so much for coming on, Anna. (laughs) All right. Let's start from the beginning, I guess, of your story. And yeah, what is your story and how did you get into what you're doing now? The world of recruitment. Yeah. Um, All right. So my story, I think it sort of has to go back to what I fell into the world of recruitment. It wasn't planned. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually, so I've been brought up by two, two amazing um, parents, Eastern European. So they had a big focus on education. That's why they keep reminding me that they moved from Poland to Australia to give me, you know, all these amazing choices. Um, but I actually finished school and I was a little bit lost. Mm-hmm. I didn't really know what I wanted to do. Um, and to be honest, I put so much pressure under myself in year 12 that I almost failed all my mm-hmm. exams. So I got my results and my parents were like, what, what has happened? Had and you previously been getting good grades I was and everything? Doing, so back then it was called, I think it was PES. I okay. can't remember, this yeah. is over 20 years ago now. But you, I chose subjects that were 50% weighted on, you know, exam and 50% on all your assignments throughout the year. And so throughout the year, I was actually doing really well. And it came to exams and I just completely choked. It was like I had a, a, a blank, mm. not knowing what I, you know, what the answers were. So I did math, science, like biology, chemistry. So it wasn't great. So my parents were freaking out. <laughs> so I did actually end up getting into. I wanted to, to do law, and I, I don't know really why I wanted to do law. I think my my English teacher always said that I could sell ice to Eskimo. She always used to say <laughs> to me, she goes, "If Anna could actually write like she presents." she's going to be an amazing lawyer. So I had this thing in my head about being, you know, doing law. Mm -hmm. And so I enrolled to do science, like a dual degree, science and law at Adelaide University. So I didn't get into law. There was still an opportunity for me to do Bachelor of Science, but realistically I was like, oh, chemistry, Mm -hmm. biology. Yeah, I'm not too sure. So I actually went to Europe Mm -hmm. and I played tennis. So I was a, um, you know, quite a full-on tennis player. Um, So I decided to take the year off and... For six months, I travelled Europe, mainly France, playing mm-hmm. tennis, oh, and amazing. that was amazing. Yeah, and you know, if I think back now, I was you know seventeen, eighteen, so I was pretty pretty yeah. scary. But I really, I think I manipulated my parents, really. <laughs> but I pushed for it, and I, I went and did that, and I loved to travel. Um, and then I came back, and I was still a little bit unsure about what I wanted to do in my career. So I went and got a retail job. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I was always a hard worker. Yeah. But I very much believed that I needed to do something that I was excited about and I just didn't know what that looked like. So in my parents' eyes, I was pretty much a failure, I reckon. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I actually decided to do a little bit more travel and I went into, um, went to the UK and, I, and, and in the UK, recruitment agencies were quite common, while yet, you know, 20 years ago here in South Australia, there was only a couple. Mm-hmm. And so I registered and I registered at a company called Hayes Montrose and they actually said to me, would you be interested in doing a traineeship as a recruitment consultant? And I was like, well, I need a job. Mm-hmm. So I said, yes. So I got paid £10,000, which wasn't a lot of money, um, <laughs> but I was exposed to recruitment. And that when I started doing trades and labour recruitment. And that was in itself quite scary because there was no training. It was literally go find a construction site, um, go find a, go find the site heart, the site manager, and just ask if he needs you know a chippy or a spark here, and mm. and off I went in a foreign country trying to find construction. It sounds sites. a little bit like a like you got a sales pitch, like oh trying to convince them. Was, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I worked out the best way to get work was just to bring jam donuts. Oh, yeah. food. So twenty one yeah. year old. Yep. <laughs> no women out on site, so it was quite scary. Mm. Um, and but, did you get knocked back? Like uh, no, they were actually. Um, they're really sweet, you know. They might look scary, <laughs> but they're really helpful. Mm-hmm. And and I just tried to find a way to build a relationship with them. And look, it was pretty much they would then call me and go, "Hey, Anna, we haven't seen you for a little while. Where are the jam jam donuts?" Oh. But it did a treat. Then I came back. So I was there for about eighteen months. Came back to Adelaide, 
um, stayed working in recruitment. But when I actually came back to South Australia, I was actually positioned to go into administration recruitment. Mm -hmm. Um, And I didn't do that too long, only because I just didn't feel like... It was, it was me. I don't know what it was. I just didn't feel like, I, you know, I was really connecting with the individuals as much as what I felt like I was in construction. Um, my dad back in Poland was a residential builder. Mm-hmm. And so we've always been renovating homes. So I think that was just felt very natural for me yeah. to sort of be in that space. So as soon as an opportunity came on to do construction recruitment, I was like, I want that job. Mm-hmm. Like, give it to me. Um, I actually got pushed back to start with. I oh. got told that I'm too polished to do construction recruitment Um, and I think I was probably one of the first female recruiters in Adelaide who did that white collar so technical style construction but I did I think I actually said I would resign if I didn't get the opportunity so they had to (laughs) had to give it to me so um, so now look I look at it now it's you know I've been working in in recruitment for for 20 years um, you know focusing on construction with that also designs engineering architecture property development um, and Roussos has been up and running now for five and a half years. Awesome. So, so yeah, so a really interesting journey. And the interesting thing about it now is that um, I am a director. Mm-hmm. I've got a great team of 11 people. Um, I've never done a degree. Yeah, right. You know, so it's – and so much as – I probably encourage my children to <laughs> focus on their education. Um, Do as I say. Do yeah, as I, say. I think – what led me to success was my values that my parents installed and it was around working hard mm-hmm. and being trustworthy and respectful and um, you know and I've just kept that constantly and and my focus has always been and even to now when I grow my business is about the candidate or the client not what I need mm-hmm. what, what I need to get from working with someone it's about what do they need what's what success looks like for them because if I do that right, everything else mm-hmm. will be okay. Mm-hmm. So, I yeah. think that that's really what working in the passionate mm-hmm. field does. It changes the way that you approach things. Because, so like you said, it's not yeah. about what you're getting out of it. That's just a byproduct of yeah. doing a good job. Yeah. yeah. So I know, love it. So twenty years <laughs> on, I still get, still get excited, and I still have a little dance when you know where we help someone and um, you know get their dream job. Mm-hmm. It, it, yeah 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 and so did you um while you were in the early days working in recruitment in the construction industry um when did you think about going out on your own and starting Um, something up yourself look I think there was a couple of times I I I did try going out my own when I was 27 Mm -hmm. um probably the wrong time for me to do that I had you know had a baby Mm -hmm. who was four months old and the reason why I did it, there was a couple of reasons, but also because at that time there wasn't a lot of flexibility for, for working mums in, okay. in, in recruitment and also in management. Um, I started to, you know, had a real, you know, I was very specialised in what I was doing and, and had a really good core group of clients. So I felt like I could, you know, go out on my own and, and deliver still a really good service. But I think I was a little bit naive because... You know, running a business is more than just someone liking you mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and try and juggle it with, you know, who then Ollie, you know, was four months old, was a little bit too hard. Mm-hmm. Um, so I sort of startled and dabbled with it. And then I went back to the, the employer that I was with in a management capacity and just took my time just to actually understand how does that look and feel like. Mm-hmm. Um, and then again, when I was well, in 2017, I'm 40 now. So how many years now? It's like, like 35, 35, <laughs> 35 years. Um, and and definitely learnt from my initial mistakes as mm-hmm. well. But I was also a lot more um, confident in what I wanted to create. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Compared to the first time, which I think was just a bit more re- being just reactive to how I was feeling and trying to juggle everything. Yeah. Um, where I had a really clear path. Because mm-hmm. so. I guess when you go out to start a business – you just want to do that thing that you want to do really yeah. well, but then there's all the other elements mm. that you have to deal with to function as a yeah. As a that's business. it. An yeah. understanding, you know, it's, it's little thing. It's 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 cash flow. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's looking at you know, big thing for us is you know, how do we build a sustainable business? Yeah. Um, you know, recruitment can be seen as quite transactional, and and people in it can be just yeah, they're not focused on the actual relationship. It's just the, the now. Mm-hmm. Um, and for us, it's always been, well, I'm going to be here until I'm 60. So we've got to build a sustainable business and we've got to make sure we mm. have really strong partnerships with a variety of different yeah. clients. And so the market of, I guess, recruitment in Adelaide, did you see that there was like a big, like a gap for you to feel, I guess, to do it differently and more, 
Mm. Yeah, like personal and, yeah. and that sort of thing. I think I did like, you know, um, one thing, you know, I'm not too sure if you do know is that I was um, diagnosed with cancer yeah, in 2016. Yeah, I did see that, yeah. yeah. Um, and that was quite, so yeah, 2016, I already had my two boys, um, but I was, you know, it was acute myeloid leukemia, so it was quite a serious illness and that took us, you know, it took me 12 months to get through it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think through that journey though, I realized I did realize how important work was to me around connection um, and what the meaning was and, and also my values and, and then through also my journey I had some amazing nurses look after me mm-hmm. and they became my tribe yeah, and yeah. that was when I felt like complete strangers um, looked after me when I was the most vulnerable and um, were my source of strength and I thought to myself I was going well I want to be that for other people I want to pass that forward Mm -hmm. and when I looked at where I was currently working I was like is that the environment where I can actually be truly myself and give back and think about others first um, have a strong you know strong social purpose which we do as as part of Rusos as well and when I sort of thought back as much as I was so desperate to connect with you know my people that I was working with I knew that that wasn't the right organization for me And that's when I also knew that I had to set up my own business because Mm -hmm. I was like going, well, realistically, is there another recruitment business that I feel that would give me that fulfillment? Yeah, that offers all that. And and I have to say, when I started um, Roussos, you know, we were Anna Roussos and, you know, I thought it was just going to be me. (laughs) I remember actually saying to my husband, George, don't worry, just be me, bit of flexibility, all will be good, just be working just in construction, you know. And, um, you know, within six months we had our first employee and then quite quickly we had five and and now we have 11. Um, (laughs) But um, I do feel that South Australia um, really do, well, Adelaide Adelians support local businesses. Mm -hmm. And they want to partner with businesses that are honest and, um, you know, in its, and I think who actually deliver substance. And, and so in saying that, and they don't want that transaction. They, they do want re- that relationship. Yeah. And, and for us, we go in and we look at, I love growing business. I, I clearly have a little bit of an entrepreneurial, you know, heart and yeah, brain. And yeah. so for me now having my own business and going, well, you know what, it's, it's bloody hard to grow a business. And then to attract, you know, to be, to have a successful business, you have to have the right people in it. You have to know how to retain these people. You have to provide a fantastic culture. And I knew that I could do that and help these businesses by creating mm. resource, but I didn't feel I could do it in another organisation. It's really more than just mm. finding someone a place to work, hey. It's yeah, like it a is. whole opportunity that you're trying to find yeah. for them like, and like vice versa for the company yeah, that is looking for them. It's a real fine balance because... When someone comes to see me, like a candidate who wants some career advice, sometimes I can take it quite personal. (laughs) In the sense, you know, I've been around for 20 years, so I've seen different careers develop in different ways. And, you know, we're currently in in an environment where, you know, where stability and loyalty doesn't seem to matter as much and it's very much driven by someone's financials, you know, wanting more and more salary. Mm -hmm. And... I've come from a place going, well, you know what? I was at a point where money, money didn't matter to me. It was about happiness and yeah. health. Yeah. And yes, you've got to be comfortable when it comes to your salary. Yeah, um, But it's a, it's a balance. I wouldn't sacrifice working in an environment that wasn't right for me and something that I wasn't passionate about just because I was getting paid more money. Mm-hmm. And yes, Resource is a profitable business, but I do joke that I'll probably do this job for free. <laughs> <laughs> I love Just it. keep that on the download. I, I, I love it so much, but I do yeah. also like some nice shoes and handbags. Exactly. Um, so it, it, it makes it quite quite tricky sometimes, you know. But it is, you know. But you do have these people that, you know, you have people that come and go. Look, and I just want an extra thirty k in my salary packet, and who, yeah. you know, and and look, sometimes you know people do come and see us that are being underpaid in the market, whether it's yeah. architectural engineering, and we we're also here to support them to bring a bit more alignment to where they need to be. Yeah. But then we're also going, well, you know, if I feel someone's unrealistic around their expectations or can't demonstrate value to an organisation for the salary that they're wanting, I'm going to give them that honest feedback too. I'm not going to be a traditional recruiter that's just mm. going to sit back and go, okay, no problem, and flick their CV. So you're doubling into life coach area life as coach, well. <laughs> life coach. But it's interesting because, you know what, it's, you know, the market's changed so much. So, you know, there's a, there is a significant feeling of burnout across the industry. So... Mm-hmm. I know we sort of joke about it, but there's been a lot of times I've been sitting down and just people have almost lost, they've been working so hard, they've actually lost their why. Mm-hmm. And they come and just go, I'm feeling lost, I don't know what my next step looks like, but I'm just really not happy. 
and they're not sure how to communicate that to their employer without getting fired. Yeah. Um, and so if I sort of feel also that going, well, do you know what, maybe it is just about having an open conversation with your employee. Maybe it's not just about moving that, to your yeah, next job. Yeah, trip, yeah. Um, because sometimes the grass isn't green yeah. on the other side. That's amazing um, that that's the advice you're giving people. I would rather give them the tools yeah. to have the conversation. Um, and look, sometimes they'll have the conversation and they'll go, you know, like I'll use an example. There was someone in architecture who was working quite a large architectural studio here in South Australia and loved the team, loved her team, loved the project she was working on, but she was so burnt out, this is someone who's in late 20s, that she felt she must be failing because oh. she was like, obviously I'm not coping or yeah. I'm just not capable to off. work in the 40-hour working week because I'm doing all this. But it's actually going, well, no, what's happening is, one, you need to put your hand up and actually say, you're working 60 hours when you should be doing 40, maybe tops 45. But she also had to, I said to her, you need to acknowledge that we're working in an environment that we are, a lot of architectural studios are talent short. So it is really difficult. And I think a lot of managers do realise that they're pushing their employees a little bit too hard, but they are, they're reaching out to us. Everyone, like so many studios are trying to find people, (laughs) but they're struggling to find people. And then there's a real balance of, do you knock back a job from a client and not take it on or do you, you know, do you win it? But then you always think about as a business owner, you're always thinking about what happens in 12 months time? What happens in two years time? Yeah. If we knock back this client, will they give us work again in 12 months to two years yeah, time? Yeah, wow. So, you know, it's not easy being a boss. No. But anyway, we, so we spoke to her and, we, and I encouraged her to have a conversation with one of the directors and because I said to her, I don't feel that you should be leaving. Mm. I feel like you just need to have a conversation. Yeah, yeah. And and look, she got a little bit emotional, and um, but she's still there. She yeah. had that conversation and life is so much better for her right now, which is great and she's happy. So recruitment and what we do isn't, like I said, it's about, you know, like when I started, you know, a few minutes ago, it's I always look at what's right for that individual mm-hmm. as a first mm-hmm. and then also the organisation. Um, that's such like yeah. a, a like a human experience I guess that you're like really like yeah like I said it's not just about finding someone a job there's so many oh, layers yeah. and then the reasons why as mm-hmm. well and I guess as me sort of coming into the like I'm at the start of my career I'm really a couple of years in and this conversation about like work culture and well-being mm-hmm. and mental health like I feel like I've walked into that and yeah. then as someone like up and coming you I kind of look ahead and go like it seems like there's you know some things not that are wrong but there's just some things that we could do better and as Mm. someone that's young coming moving forward you know like I want to be part of that change I guess yeah it's so hard when I started my career I had to work the hours were eight to six Mm -hmm. and if you wanted to sort of be recognized as as a manager you would want to get in there a little bit earlier and you wanted to stay a little bit later yeah and I think that you know the biggest thing that I hated when I was younger is that my work ethic was led by fear mm-hmm. and fear of, you know, you going, well, I want that job. And also for me, because I didn't have the degree and, you know, so I really wanted to achieve, but that fear of not getting that promotion or not being recognised or not doing a good enough job. It's so true. I work yeah. so many hours. And there was anxiety that also came with that as well. So if I had, if I was doing well or I didn't have a great month or, you know, you'd be like, oh, look, you haven't done this or you haven't done that. Straight away that anxiety comes through it. But then I've sort of worked away in my own head. And even now as a, as a business owner, there is pressure. Every, mm-hmm. every month there is pressure, you know. This is my family that yeah, I have in here. Yeah. So I want to make sure that I'm looking after them. Um, but I just go, do you know what? There's only so much you can do. And, you know, you, 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 you know, as long as you just do a good job and you know that you come in every day, you prioritise what is the most important task that you need to achieve. Um, and, you've, you know, you've had a really – you're focused, you're organised. That's it. That's all mm-hmm. you can do. Mm-hmm. And then you, you have to go home and go, I've, I've done my best. But if you're coming in – and I think the biggest thing is, is that a lot of things what I'm seeing is a lot of people struggle to know how to prioritise their day well enough and what their MITs are most mm-hmm. important tasks yep. and where you what's a high value payoff task to a low value mm-hmm. payoff task and so they just go at their day and then they get flustered because it comes to the end of the day they haven't done what they need to do or they've got the manager you just so, feel overwhelmed the entire time because you've got you got a lot to do but you're like am i where, where doing do I, it <laughs> where do i even go where do i even yeah, start so yeah, yeah. you know for us here because we're you know we have a big focus on well-being and wellness in our business so we 
focus on over communicating so we huddle every morning and mm-hmm. look at you know not just individually but as a team what are we trying to achieve today um, you know at four o'clock we'll do a little check-in and you know and if someone's behind on something that wasn't MIT for them we all go right what can we do to help because we yeah. don't want anyone going home feeling stressed out that they didn't get one of their MITs out yeah. for the day yeah um, but we've also been looking at different tools to give the team so they can feel more organized in what they're doing and supported so they're not feeling flustered and stressed out mm. and then anxious that they're not doing all the right things so um, but I think with the wellness piece and architecture like I do feel, um, you know, I was, I was, my dad, um, he always said to me, so I remember like when I was stressed out when I was younger and stuff, his solution, and even when I was sick, you know, his solution was get on a bike and eat garlic. That's my dad's, that's what my dad, if, when garlic it comes fixes to everything. When wellness or sickness, it's bike and garlic. And I was like, thanks dad. So, um, but you know, for me now, and I've always been very active in sport, um, but even more so in the last sort of well, since you know, like I said, me getting sick was very unlucky and nothing yeah. to do. You know, I um, I always ate a great diet. You know, I never smoke, I hardly drink. Yeah. Actually, when I got sick, I was saying to the doctor, "I should have partied more." Yeah. <laughs> <If> this <laughs> is going to be the outcome. I knew I should have gone hard. <laughs> and um, the doctor actually said to me, "Cause I I did um, touch wood. I did." actually did really well with my treatment and handled the chemotherapy better than expected and um and I've come out with you know my heart my lungs my kidneys and liver all my organs um are really really good but I and he did say he goes I think that comes from you looking after yourself you know Mm -hmm. through your 20s and doing your exercise and eating all the right food (laughs) and garlic um so it's interesting but now I think you know what we need to do is is as managers of people we need to continue to educate employees around the importance of wellness and Mm -hmm. that means different things for different people so for me here yes exercise so I exercise four to five times a week I I have two boys Mm -hmm. um I wake up at 4 30 and I go to gym at five o'clock I do run day you know Sunday run day yeah but I know that if I don't it's a non-negotiable yeah like I have to either walk or go to a hit session or do my running Mm -hmm. if I don't do it I know that I won't have the right energy or the right positivity that I need to give to my team. So I lead from the top. Here in this business we have um, Social Sweat, um, which is every Wednesday. So every Wednesday they ha- we do a high-intensity training session together. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> so it's not about how many burpees you can do. It's about us going away from the office. We exercise together. We encourage each other. Sometimes we're a little bit competitive. Um, <laughs> but it gives us a break midweek to sort of regroup and, um, and, you know, release different endorphins, Definitely. which is exciting. That's amazing. Um, we started doing um, meditation mm-hmm. on a Friday. Um, so we do that once a month and mindfulness. And that's been amazing. And it's actually it's quite interesting because normally on a Monday, my routine Monday morning is I wake up really early, I have my coffee, I go outside, I listen to nature. It's a different way of mindfulness, but I sort of just regroup and reposition myself and mm-hmm. actually have a think about what I want to achieve for yeah, the week. Yeah, like being in the moment. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is great. And so having this, you know, we actually get someone that comes in and actually um, leads us for an hour. It's been fantastic. It's a different tool, a skill yeah, set that... Yeah, I'm, Even just being still for that yeah, time. Yeah, amazing. Right? Like, it does amazing. wonders. Like you feel like you're doing nothing, but you're yeah. doing so much. So it's, yeah. you know, it's... So I think the key thing is, is that... Um, well, managers need to understand that, you know, people don't perform at their best beyond a certain amount of hours. Yeah, definitely. So that's difficult. Yeah. But they need to be communicating regularly and going, well, hey, what are you, go- you know, are you exercising? What are you, mm. you know, you go and do some meditation? Like whatever, you know, what makes people happy? Sometimes connect, you know, that wellness is about just connecting with your family and your friends mm. and making yeah. sure you have time for that. Yeah. Um, and just speaking about it more. It's What's really interesting is that, you know, when I was growing up in school, we never spoke about mindfulness and well-being mm. and I have children now that are in primary school and just entered high school and they actually have subjects based on it oh so that's so good to I hear I think that yeah. in itself goes life has changed yeah because we never used to have that Definitely conversation yeah. and now it's forefront even just talking about the fact that you're not having a bad day or you're struggling or something yeah. like that it like used to be so like you just keep that 
under the rug you don't say anything and I recently just went through a couple of weeks at work where I was like oh no I'm freaking out about stuff and then I had my freak out and some friends you know tapped me on the shoulder and said hey are you okay and then I went and talked to my managers and my directors about what was bothering me and you know I was precious on myself right to Mm. perform at a certain level you know but then the feedback I got was no you're actually doing a really good job and I was like I don't feel like I'm doing a good job but you need that to have that conversation right because mm. if I just kept that to myself then I just would have you know it's that affirm- fallen it's apart affirmation. Right? yeah we've definitely been encouraging um a lot of business owners to you know a lot of the time they would do you know 12 months you'd have you know your performance management yeah once a year I came up to my one year yeah <laughs> once a year and then they give you some feedback and so the and so this is where I also not knowing how you're going also makes you feel anxious because you get told once a year that you're doing yeah. good and then you see it yeah so you know so we now I will catch up with my te- you know for coffee every couple of weeks individually yeah. um you know and then we do check-ins every three six and 12 months but I think now especially um when people are feeling so overworked that managers need to be checking in more regularly and just saying hey how how are you going and sometimes it's just a conversation Um, that's that's all that's needed so and look and I feel that a lot of businesses are really wanting to do that there's not a lot of pushback I think what the hard thing is is that a lot of the directors of the organizations are just so busy themselves Mm -hmm. that they're just like oh my gosh and they're feeling stressed in their own right um, but I think, you know, if I look at it now, I go, well, you know, you've put your hand up to be a leader and being a leader means there is responsibility mm-hmm. and part of that is making sure that your team's okay and mm-hmm. that is a priority. And sometimes I forget that as well because I'm like, oh, my God, I've got, to, I've got to call this client, I've got to do this, I've got to interview this person, oh, my goodness, you know, and I'm like, no, 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 no. you just need to check in on, on so-and-so. Yeah. It's, it's, it's their check-in day. You just need to do that first. And once I've done it, then I go, okay, and then I actually function better myself as, you know as a yeah. leader so yeah it's just really important and really important. I see I guess like you've already tapped on it before like mm. you know industry's changing and people are wanting this well-being mm. um of life and health and and work and stuff so as of like the industry at this point in time are you seeing that common thread of people wanting to move somewhere else to get a better quality yeah. of life I think it's, it's two ways so I do feel businesses Yes, they're wanting to make things, they're wanting to create happier and healthier working mm-hmm. environments. Yeah. But it's a balance where, you know, I think a lot of people also in the industry, they want to do well, they want to get paid more, mm-hmm. they want to move into leadership roles, but that sometimes they're also not willing to make the effort. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, unfortunately, if you want to be a leader, you do actually need to work hard and you need to be invested and committed. And you need to, um, you know, you can't come into the office and, and chat for half the day. So there yeah, is a certain yeah. commitment and there's also an investment. So, you know, it's looking at, you know, you know, I always talk about personal brand and your personal brand also links to the company brand that you're working yeah. with. And, you know, and you should, you should always be thinking, right, well, if I want to move and move forward, I need to be demonstrating a great personal brand and doing things outside of work because that can also help the organisation that I'm working mm-hmm. in. Yeah. Um, so it's going, you need to have, I think you have to understand from an employer's perspective, yes, you know, like I know that I want to give my team everything, but I also want to feel, I want to feel that, you know, valued back. Mm-hmm. And it is that balance. And sometimes I've had employees which are no longer here where they're, you give and give and give and they give you nothing back. And then that kills yeah. as a manager. Yeah. Because you're like, oh, my God. I'm trying. I'm doing this. I'm doing this. And I'm doing that. What, 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 what else do you want? Yeah. So it's just it's just making sure I'm being realistic that if you're looking, you know, I just want to come in and actually just do my, I've got so much stuff going outside of work. And I just need to come in and do my job. Great. Mm-hmm. Do that. Get paid, you know, what you feel is the value, mm-hmm. but then don't go knocking on the door saying, I want an extra $20,000 and I want this and I want this when you're actually not willing to put that investment into the organisation. It's being honest with yourself, isn't yeah. it? So do you really think that that's something Maybe. you're adding I, to the table? Yeah. And I think it's also a lot of people put this whole – and look, I did the same. I, you know, I, I look back and I – you know, I before I got sick, literally a month before I got diagnosed, I was well, – that whole year I was pushing to get a senior management title and that for me – was like everything. I was mm-hmm. like, I need this. And it just became, I became obsessed with getting this title. Yeah. And then realistically, I was like, when I got sick, I was like, why do I want that title? Like, what did it actually mean? What was it going to be different about my role? You know, there wasn't, there wasn't really going to be too much. So, you know, I know that a lot of women in, in the industries that we recruit in put this pressure on themselves of going, 
I want to be a manager, I want to do this, I want to be a mum, I want to do this. But it's going, well, you have to find a balance mm-hmm. what makes you feel comfortable. Like I always knew because there's a whole thing about mother guilt as well. Yeah. It's a whole other podcast. <laughs> um, but just because you're a manager does not define you and it doesn't mean that you're successful. Mm-hmm. So you need to look at what does success look like for you and it could be, you know what, I'm coming in, I'm going to do this job and I'm going to work on these projects, but I need a bit more flexibility because I really want to be involved and, and see my kids two to three times a week or mm-hmm. I want to do the pickups or, you know what, I, I want to still play soccer at a certain level, etc., mm-hmm. etc. So you need to define what success looks like for you rather than looking at what it means to everyone mm-hmm. else. Because and then it's not also not projecting happy. that, I guess, on other people yeah. as well because it can be very easy to point fingers um, yeah, yeah, when yeah. you kind of just need to yeah. evaluate what it looks like for you. And that also changes at times, certain mm-hmm. times throughout your life as well, right? Success yeah. now will look different, like success mm-hmm. will look different in a couple of years and I think it's being open to that changing because yeah. you can get, I've done it before, you get set in like my five-year plan <laughs> and then it changes and then you're like, oh no, you're like, because mm-hmm. you kind of like, then it's, you know, a bit kind of more open yeah. ended, which is the exciting part, but it doesn't feel exciting when no. it's just this unknown. Well, I've had too area. many people that have strived, they come in and they're like, oh, I want to be, you know, this project manager working on these sort of projects and making, you know, $200,000 and they go out there and they do it or whatever it may, it may be and then they come back going, do you know what, and I'm just, I'm really not happy mm. and I thought I wanted that. Yeah. But do you know what, I, I don't want that because that means that, I'm working this many hours or, you know, I'm having to deal with certain people in a certain way and it's it's actually not right for me. So it is, it's looking down. And when we actually interview someone and I, when I talk through, I look at going, well, yes, we still look at where you want to be in 10 years, but, you know, also looking at, well, what are your non-negotiables? Mm-hmm. So I always say you've got to come, I don't want a list of 10, three to five yeah. non-negotiables yeah. of what's really important to you. So if you're going out and you're interviewing and meeting organisations, if they're not hitting those non-negotiables, and it's not just hitting one, it's about hitting at least, you know, the three to five, mm. whatever you've written down, then they're not right for you. Mm-hmm. And don't flex on that because if you do, you're going to be back out looking in six to 12 months and that's not going to help your career yeah. at all. Yeah. So, yeah, it's quite interesting because, you know, um, and then, you know, like I, said, like I said before, if I sort of feel they're non-negotiables, we really talk through and go, well, why is that a non-negotiable and Sometimes non-negotiables are salary. Mm-hmm. So it's just making sure, once again, that's mm-hmm. alignment. But sometimes it could be location. It could be the style of leadership that they're looking for. It could be the culture, the environment, projects. It's a whole array of things. Um, but we try and stay and, and, and focus on the non-negotiables rather than just taking a job for the sake of a job title when it really isn't mm. maybe that important. Yeah. So. And I guess on that note of the job title, you know, like pushing for something that you really want, it's like you kind of have to keep evaluating, like you said, like what does that look like for your day-to-day job because you can get really caught up in the like the fantasy of whatever that title is yeah um but if yeah if you don't think about what comes with it then Mm. you you've been shooting for the wrong goal yeah yeah Yeah, it is it's like i do this thing it's called um what is it called it's called the wheel of life and i do it normally twice a year but i have to say i've only done it once at the start (laughs) of this year but it's all around my goal setting but, you know, if you look at, you know, a circle, you know, it, it goes round and round. And if there's a kink in the circle, then it's just like it will stop. There's not that natural flow. And so mm-hmm. within that wheel of life, there's eight key sectors. And, and one of them is your career, but then it's your family, it's your home life, it's your, you know, your social purpose, there's finance. My goodness, there's, there's eight key things, can't run on top of my head. And so you grade yourself mm-hmm. within each sector. And, you know, a lot of time, um, you know, so when it came to like, I don't know, Work for me has always been really high, so it's been like a nine out of ten for a while. I love what I'm doing, but then, like, say, um, family was you know like a three, three out of ten. So there was, you know, so a bit of a, a pull for me. So I'm going, well, hang on, it's all real and good that my career is great and I'm investing all this time and growing my business, but I'm not actually happy because I'm not doing any pickups or drop-offs, mm. and I've got you know two great babysitters and a great support network, but it's still not it's not feeling right for me. Mm-hmm. So. This year, I looked at it and went, okay, well, how do I start moving this 3 out of 10 close towards a 10? What does that need to start looking like so I feel a bit better in that part of my life? And so I put together, you know, realistic goals of what I feel I can achieve. So, you know, for me, it was, you know, I will take them one day to their soccer practice or I will do something else. And mm-hmm. and it's now meant that, hey, I'm feeling like a 7 out of 10, so there's less, mm. of, less of a cog yeah. in that wheel. But I do that for all portions of my life just to make sure that, that everything is aligned. Because even if you're doing amazing things in your career, 
but it means you're not seeing your family, mm. you're not exercising. You know what? You're actually you're making great money, but you're not saving it. Um, it's going to stress you out. Like I've hit forty, so I've gone to see a financial advisor. My, I have to say, I think my finance cog was was six out of ten um, because I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. Like you know, what's the point working hard if you don't actually know what you're doing with your money and mm. making sure you're saving right for your retirement? Yeah. So that changes. You won't feel that in your twenty and thirties. As soon as you I've hit got the a four, bit time. as soon as you hit the four, you're like, oh, okay, I'm going to start thinking about this. So um, yeah, it, it's it's quite interesting. So that sort of comes back down to it's going. Yes, your career is really important, and mm-hmm. it you know it fills me up completely. But there are other key parts of your life that also define you just as much as your career. So you need to make sure that every single cog is aligned. Mm. I love talking about that stuff yeah. because I'm seeing or have seen the typical suffering yeah. architect behavior of like that's yeah. like the goal of what you have to get. That's where you get to. And I'm just like, no, that doesn't look right at all. And that is mm. changing. And it, I'm starting to realize that it's this understanding that we are all human beings made up of multiple facets and work is like where we all connect and where we all meet each other yeah. but then there's all these other parts to us that are important and also mm. a lot form our networks in the industry yeah. as well right we're very like network based in this industry we work with so many different types of people right mm. that's how we get these big projects offline so you know success doesn't mean giving up on everything else no and you're also very yeah. creative people yeah so you get you know that outlet from so many different things yeah. as well yeah and it so. counts like it you know you might feel like you're not working but you're working on yourself so that means when you come mm-hmm. into work the next day you're going to be a better yeah. to, mm-hmm. of service to everyone else around yeah. you yeah but I think you know with everyone you know something that I really encourage and it's part of our core values in our business is having a growth mindset I think that's a key thing to always so you don't have to having a growth mindset doesn't mean that you need to change organizations but it's just making sure and just checking in. Well, am I still learning? Am I still challenging myself? Can I take some ownership around my learning? Can I be speaking to my manager about taking some more responsibilities? Mm-hmm. Can I, you know, set up a podcast like what you've done? <laughs> but do you know what I mean? But it's like you, you have to, you know, for your brain to feel stimulated. Mm-hmm. Um, it's 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 really yeah, it's just really important. And then whether it's you know reading different books yeah. as yeah. well. Like, oh, I don't know when you've got time to do all yeah. that. But that's also part of you know well-being and wellness too, which is really important. So. Yeah, there's a whole yeah. array of things. I think, mean, yeah, it's like filling your cup in many different ways. Like if work's mm. going terribly for whatever reason, like you've got to be able to have something else in your mm. life that brings you joy and happiness because yeah. yeah. we can't just, you know, you know, never know what life's going to throw at you and mm. work might go out the window. you got to have other, like, diversify your life, basically. Yeah, mm. yeah. yeah. Mm. <laughs> so I guess this has been such a great conversation. <laughs> um, but we'll I feel like we've gone in so many different tangents. So like, we, like, I, don't, I think I, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. But I love it, I guess. Um, so what are some things that you're excited about for b- your business, I guess, in the you know, oh, coming wow. future? Yeah. Um, oh, my goodness. I think, God, actually, when I think about it, I get emotional. That's clearly oh. how passionate I am about what we <laughs> I do. I love to see that. Um, you know, I have to say, um, I'm just really grateful. Mm-hmm. I think that's... You know, as much as I want to continue to scale the business, I'm I'm grateful to be here and I'm grateful for the team I have. I'm grateful to have an amazing supportive husband who's always believed in me. Um, and I'm grateful to my clients that they keep entrusting us with, you know, helping them source people for their own business, which yeah. I know is such a, you know, such a privilege. So I, I want us to continue focusing focus on, on doing a, a great job. You know, that's yeah. the big thing is like we've grown organically. We're just focusing on our principles and delivering the best service that we can and a really honest service and it's meant that we have just just naturally beautifully grown um and that's what we want to continue to do so look you know yes do i want to scale into state yes (laughs) um but i will only do it when i feel it's right Mm -hmm. um you know the team here um a lot of them haven't come from recruitment previously so we've trained and developed all our staff some Mm -hmm. of them have had got hr degrees um, but we just wanted to just you know to recruit people with the right values. Mm-hmm. Um, Do you have a specific, I guess, way that you find people? And yeah, you get well, look, initially in? I actually thought I'm interested my, to know. I know, <laughs> <laughs> I'm a bit cuckoo, but um, I thought I found out that I thought I, was, I thought I nailed it. I was like, I got it now. I said, right, I know someone will be successful if their parents ran a business. 
Mm. Right, that's really weird. But you know what? Because when I'm coming into a small business, like when we first started, I mean, we st- like I still answer the phone. Like yeah. you know, um, you know, we're a small. I don't want to say family business, but we are a small business, and so systems and processes are a little bit different than working into an international recruitment yeah. giant. Yeah. And and we've definitely developed as we've been growing and invested in a lot of different things. But you have to be streetwise. You've got to be entrepreneurial, and you've got to be really passionate mm-hmm. to come into a smaller business because. You know, when we talk about growth, I want to hear what what they want. And that's why we started to grow because I did a bit of a survey internally about, you know, what they felt was important to them. And they all said career development. So I knew that I needed to scale the business to to make sure that they feel they've got an opportunity to continue to grow Mm -hmm. in the Roussos platform. Um, But, you know, I I want someone that is just, you know, a bit spunky. Um, I love it when they ask me more questions than I ask them. Um, I love a bit of attitude, you know, sassiness. Um, but, you know, in the end, you know, they've, they've got to um, be humble and they've got to be great listeners and they want to have to have a, a natural want to help people mm-hmm. at the same time. Yeah. So, yeah, so expectations are high at all. <laughs> just tick, just all, these, tick, all, just tick all these boxes. So, yeah. But... Um, yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. And, you know, because it is a small com- um, business, mm. you know, it's very like getting the right big mix of personalities is also yeah. really important as well. And so there's lots of small firms and stuff out there as well. How do you, I guess, keep an eye on that and nurture? Yeah, I think, you know, it, you know, was, that, you know it's, it's, it was probably one of the hardest things to start yeah. with for me yeah. to actually, you know, because when you first start, you, you question what you're doing <laughs> a little bit in the sense of, I know I'm good at what I do, um, but, you know, I never had formal traineeship in being a manager, so mm-hmm. I've learnt on the job. Mm-hmm. You know, the business that I came from was very much KPI-led, and okay. so it wasn't really, you know, I didn't feel like there was a leadership style. It was just make sure, that you know, your team are performing based on these sort of figures, and that I don't see as true management. So I probably made a few mistakes in the sense of, you know, I, I did make some hiring decisions that probably weren't quite right and aligned to the, the business values, but I think I was still defining what are those values and what's really important to me and where do I want this business to grow. So I think once I nailed that and let the, my ego go a little bit as well, because, you know, when you're um, reacting to, I need someone, I need someone, we're busy, mm-hmm. we're busy, we're busy, sometimes you can get it wrong. And mm-hmm. so I was like, no, just take it back take a bit more time, make sure there is that right alignment of values. I'm really like really focused on what those values are now to make sure. I'm sure we're still going to get it wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, and recruitment's not for everyone either. You yeah. know, we it's a really um, fast-paced industry. And at the moment especially, almost scared to look at my phone because <laughs> the amount of, you know, businesses that are calling saying, hey, yeah. have you got someone, have you got someone, where are you at, where are you yeah. at, where are you at? I'm like, I'm you can trying. see it out there. You know, <laughs> I'm trying. <laughs> but, you know, you can't, if people are happy, they're happy. You can't, you know, you don't want to be pulling them out of a job just for the sake of it because they're going to get an extra 20K. They, mm-hmm. They've got to, there's got to be a real reason for them to move mm-hmm. that pushes them forward in their career development rather than just, you know, them jumping for a purely a salary um, increase. Mm-hmm. Um so, yeah, so it's, I think it, it definitely was a challenge um, and, you know, and you know, you've got to display trust and confidence in your team and I'm very fortunate that, you know, I've got a couple here who have pretty much been with me from the start. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we joke, they're the, the originals. Um, <laughs> but they're like sisters. Yeah. I do want to diversify. We do need more boys and I have tried. Just want to put that out there. I have tried to recruit boys. Um, but, you know, it's always the best fit for the job. Mm. Um, but, yeah. So I that, think it's really cool to just see, like, a big, powerful group of women. You know, it's, it, like, it's a male-dominated really, industry. It, I know. It's just – it's heart and soul, right? Yeah. It's just really, like, comforting is, to it see. It is good. Yeah. It is good. Um, but, yeah, we would still love to diversify. <laughs> just so, putting it out yeah, there. Yeah, putting out there. <laughs> Any gentleman who would like to join Roussos, please feel free to send an application. Um, I think they're almost scared now. <laughs> so many of us um but that's okay we'll 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 get there you seem just so like fearless in your approach to like you know you're just sort of like are you a you jump right in and try anything kind of i have to say like you know i'll be really blunt with you olivia i beat cancer and i was told that i only had a 33 percent chance of getting through oh my gosh so when you hear that and it's like 33 percent chance and i had to you know, I still remember when they told me that news. I couldn't even look at the doctor in the eye. I was like, 
oh my god like what the hell like I felt the thing is what was hard I didn't actually feel sick at the time and it's like I said it's another story in itself yeah. but I didn't feel sick so when they were telling me all these statistics I was like you've got this wrong yeah you've got someone else's bloods this isn't mine but then I went into so I sort of you know I remember I cried all night because yeah. and then I you know my husband and I went into battle we're like right okay but I've still got a 33% chance of getting through this, so mm-hmm. um, I'm going to beat the odds. Yeah. And um, we put Game Face on and we went hard and we did everything we could to give me the best chance of getting through. And that also meant massive sacrifices of not seeing my children because I didn't have, when I was going through my chemo, I didn't have an immunity. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, my youngest was 15 months old, so they can't tell you if they got a cold. And Ooh. so a lot of the time, leukemia, you don't actually die from the cancer, you, you die from a secondary infection because you've got no immune system. So oh. a lot of times you can get pneumonia and, okay. and other things. So you're in, you're in an isolated room yeah. and very limited visitors. The nurses will come in. They'd always, <laughs> always wear masks at like COVID days. <laughs> um, so I was well prepped for that. Um, but I chose to not see my kids um, whilst I was in hospital, even though it broke my heart yeah, because yeah. I just knew, well, you know what, it's about mummy getting through. Yep. And as much as Sebi may want to cuddle, if you know, I know that he'd rather cuddle with mum used to come and you know, so that's what we did. So we made massive sacrifices, but I think going through that, I can beat anything. You've got perspective, hey? Yeah. 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 So that's powerful. It's you know, and that's the thing is of life, you've got to go hard because you know what? I was happy, everything felt great, and within a click of a finger, someone was yeah. telling me that it could be all gone within six weeks. And it was like, wow. So now that whole thing of being grateful, it's like I, I'm happy for everything. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I, I think my husband will get annoyed because I'm not empathetic at all. <laughs> I'm so solution. He's like, this time, can you not think of a solution? Just let me talk about this. It's like, but we can fix this. <laughs> I have a solution right now. Right now, let's go. Um, so, um, yeah, but it's like, you know, you have to. I think you've, yeah, you just, you, you've got to go for it and you've got to be happy. Mm-hmm. Gotta yeah. be happy. Yeah. And like you started with, having that mindset of, you know, giving joy and being happy for other people and seeing their success mm. means that you're successful and then it's just this ripple effect yeah. of, of good things, mm. right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So no, it's good. So I think, you know, my purpose in life, um, and that's what I sort of defined when I came out of hospital and I sort of had that click was to positively impact people. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and so that's why I set up the business and that's why we donate um, quite a bit to different charities yeah. um, and we support a few different charities, not all in line with leukaemia or anything like that. It's just wherever I sort of feel like there's a bit of a connection. Um, and, you know, and that's a big thing with the team and it's what's ingrained in here. And if I sort of feel that people aren't doing the right thing by others, there's no place for that in the resource business mm-hmm. at yeah. all. It's yeah. like... Um, and you know as much as it's hard always to bring amazing energy into the office it's something that I say to them you know as soon as you come through that lift think about your energy because you know we want we want to positively impact each other as well as the people that we're working with yeah Um, so we always just sort of check in and sometimes there'll be days I'll come in I'm like right I'm a one out of (laughs) ten my kids have annoyed me today I don't feel great need a coffee um but least communication though yeah right? yeah yeah and you know and it's interesting because they'll have a laugh and you know and there'll be other times people go like i'm a three out of ten i didn't sleep well it's like okay well how can we support you today mm. so yeah i think having that open communication and like just that raw honesty with your team mm. like you know like it's just nothing yeah. can stop like you like we right? said at the start overshare <laughs> i love it that's what i sort of created this platform overshare. for i'm here to overshare, overshare. i think what it makes us that's what makes us human right we mm. want to connect on this level and you know coming into an industry where we haven't had that before Mm -hmm. and so I'm doing my part to be open Mm -hmm. and real with people and so are you and I think it's just really awesome to see I'm so glad I asked you to do this thank you (laughs) thank you so much for coming on yeah cool inspirational (laughs) thank you thanks for tuning in to the designer journals podcast if you'd like to show your support please subscribe or follow along share it with your friends or leave a rating or review you can find more content on the instagram page just search for at the designer journals catch you next time